The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. We're in the third week of our series on the Psalms of Ascent, which is, um, they're psalms that the pilgrims um, on their way to Jerusalem for one of the annual festivals, sang these songs, um, looking forward to arriving in Jerusalem, which was like home for them because it was the presence of God, and to help them as they sang their way through dangerous territory. So this is the third one, Psalm 122, and this just gives you a little introduction. It says, in each one of these psalms, or in each one of us is a deep, inherent longing to be home, a place of peace and security. Home is the place we finally belong, but the road back home is often long and dangerous. So the people of God would sing these psalms of ascent as they traveled toward Jerusalem to worship God. We now learn these songs as we travel together towards the new Jerusalem. We are still on our way home. We are longing for a better country, a heavenly one. We believe that home is found only with God. God has invited us to come, and these songs are for the journey. So let's pray, and then we'll continue that journey. Father, as we look at this Psalm 122, Father, I pray that you would um, open our, not only our, our heads to understand, but our hearts to uh, be captured by the longing of these people and that it would just maybe in a fresh way become our longing again. Um, there are so many distractions and things that kind of leech away that longing, um, Father, renew that longing in us, I pray, for you, in Jesus' name, amen. So, going home was a big deal for my older sister and I when we attended Biola University in La Mirada, California. That's Los Angeles is a suburb of La Mirada, if it gives you an idea of where it is. Um, and so despite the fact that we didn't have our own transportation, we lived in Manchester, Washington, which is Port Orchard. Um, um, we did everything we could to bomb rides and find rides. So every Christmas and Easter, we could make it home for Christmas and Easter break. In order to do that, we uh, did and experienced uh, a few crazy things along the way because we wanted to be home. Um, one Easter, we had virtually given up hope that we were going to be able to make it home. In fact, we had called our parents and told them we couldn't find a ride, we're not going to make it home. And then last minute, we were able to find a ride the night before, and so we drove all night. And um, my sister and I surprised our parents by actually sitting in the front row. My dad was a pastor. 
sitting in the front row. Um, so when they arrived uh, to Easter Sunday morning church, there we were sitting there. Uh, traveling home around Christmas time was always unpredictable because traveling through the Northern California and Southern Oregon mountains. Uh, one Christmas traveling home, we reached Weed, California, and I-5 was closed because of the snow. So we ended up having to uh, stay in a hotel. Just a side note, we didn't smoke weed while we were there. Um, and had to wait until the I-5 was opened and we were able to, to carry on. Probably the most um, adventurous trip home was another Christmas when we were um, in somebody else's car, um, I was driving, and coming out of Roseburg, Oregon, uh, down the mountain, we hit black ice and um, spun around, flipped, and um, ended up sitting several hours in a little diner um, while our car was towed to a wrecking yard, and finally we made it to the wrecking yard couple of tires um, had popped, the fender was dented, the windshield was broken. It took us about a couple hours to fix those things, not the windshield, but the tires, pulled out the fender, and then drove uh, to Portland uh, about two hours without a windshield, freezing cold, um, because of our Longing to be home, we made it to Portland, um, caught the last plane from Portland to SeaTac Airport, and sometime in the middle of the night, arrived in SeaTac, where our parents welcomed us home. Um, you know, I, I know for some of you, home might not have that same passion. Um, home, for some of you, might not have been a place... Um, that you wanted to be. But, but we all have that longing for that safe and secure place to be. Maybe for some of you it was a friend's home. Um, maybe it was a tree house or a, a safe place out in the woods where you just went to be uh, safe and secure. You knew it would be a place of peace where you could get away from the turmoil. Maybe it was the donut shop down the street. Um, Wherever it was, uh, regardless, there is in each one of us that deep and inherent longing to be in a place of peace and security. Um, what was it that drove my sister and I, our, that passion to be home? Um, my mom made some incredible cinnamon rolls. <laughs> but you know, whether or not she had welcomed us home with cinnamon rolls, we would have gone home. Maybe not as happy, but we would have gone home. Um, was it because we were spoiled? <laughs> Absolutely, and I love being spoiled. Um, but it, was, it wasn't those things. It was just that longing to be in the presence of family with those that we, we loved. So as you're thinking about that, that, that longing to be home and in the presence of 
those that we love. We're going to read Psalm 122, and then I'm going to ask you a, could be a hard question that will guide our time as we look at Psalm 122. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. It's like we've arrived, we've made it. And their joy is just incredible. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute or the instructions given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. So this is the hard question. Kind of like the people of faith in Hebrews 11, as they were looking forward to a better country, a heavenly one. And for many of us this morning, that is, that is our longing, our looking forward to that better country, that heavenly one. If heaven is home to you and what you're looking forward to, this is the question. Why do you want to go to heaven? Why? Why do you want to go to heaven? Think about it. We're going to talk about it. But this is the big idea that I think we're going to see in Psalm 122 that the passion to go home is a passion to be in God's presence. The passion to go home is a passion to be in God's presence. And so as we look at Psalm 122, we're going to really answer the question, why were they eager to go home? And I, get, I think we're going to see this big idea. So the first thing we're going to see is incredible joy. Joy. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. If it's home, it should be a place of joy, right? Wrestling. Uh, for us growing up, with our, when our kids were small until they got too big for me to win, it was lions and tigers. We, we'd split up myself and one of our kids and a couple of the other kids and we'd play lions and tigers and we'd We'd meet in the middle and see who could drag the other team across the line. I mean, it was, we, it was made up, but it was, it was part of family. It was joy. Uh, singing together. Dancing. I wasn't going to refer to this because when I said dancing in the first gathering, my wife immediately challenged it out loud. <laughs> and I, I acknowledged her. I was talking about my family growing up not our family currently. Um, and I went on a huge sidetrack in the first gathering, calling my wife out for two weeks ago when I was preaching and how she sidetracked me, but I'm not going to go there. You can, you, you can ask her about that. <laughs> okay. But a home should be... a home. <laughs> Sorry. I do have to say one thing. 
because of what I referred to three weeks ago, two weeks ago, where she looked up to me very startled because my three points didn't all start with the same letter. She did tell me that today, when I ended with three points, that she made it a point not to look at me <laughs> in case my three points didn't start with the three, same letter. So anyway, she's behaving herself today. So why were they eager to go home? Because of joy. The joy in going to Jerusalem. Number one, it's I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Their joy in going to Jerusalem. It wasn't because they could get artichokes in Jerusalem that they couldn't get in their own town. Uh, as incredible as Jerusalem artichokes are, but it was to go to the house of the Lord. And that's what gave them joy to be in God's presence. We did look forward to homemade cinnamon rolls, but we would have gone home with or without cinnamon rolls. The point is the joy in going home and the joy that should be ours in longing to go to our eternal home should be to be with Jesus. Question, is being with Jesus the heart of our joy now? And therefore, what excites us about that eternal home that we're looking forward to? The second thing, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute or the instructions given to Israel. Praise. Um, a home is also a place that should be full of praise, right? Not a place of uh, cutting down, uh, uh, belittling one another. Man, I've been in homes that way. That's not home. Um, now, um, it should be like, oh, this food is delicious. Not like so often happens with, you know, one of our grandkids, like, oh, this is nasty. Uh, a home is to be a, a place full of praise. You are still the best at crazy uno. <laughs> it's so good to be home. Notice this is their excitement to go up to Jerusalem was to praise the name of the Lord to remember and appreciate and adore and worship God for who he was and what he had done. Going home will always be accompanied by praising Jesus. Question, is this the way we are now? Are our lives known as being individuals who talk about Jesus? Uh, people who can't not talk about Jesus? Or do we think that somehow our lives are going to be miraculously transformed when we arrive in heaven and we're going to be people that are just all of a sudden excited about Jesus? <laughs> Joy, praise. The third thing is, it's just this small verse 5, it says, there stand in Jerusalem the thrones for judgment or justice, the thrones of the house of David. It's speaking specifically about the justice that would be found 
in the king, but ultimately in Jerusalem, the chief way of knowing God's heart and God's wisdom and finding justice was in the high priest wearing the Urim and the Thummim and being able to hear directly from God regarding matters of importance and matters of justice. The, uh, that doesn't mean that there won't be you know, sibling rivalry, right? Um, there won't be brothers and sisters fighting. Uh, but I tell you, even when my sisters and I didn't get along, if somebody would attack my sister, what would happen? <laughs> I'd go after the... <laughs> I'd come to her defense. They'd come to my defense. Home should be a place where that's not fair will be responded with, why do you think that? Rather than hanging on your ear or quit complaining, you little crybaby. Um, you know, there might be some of that, but ultimately a home has got to be a place where it's fair and it's just, going home is looking forward to everything being as it should be. <laughs> um, if I were to go home after working at the Coffee Oasis during the day and often experiencing all kinds of injustice and unfairness uh, in the lives of those that we serve, man, it would be impossible for me to go home and have to face that same unfairness and justice. Uh, going home is looking forward to everything being as it should be. So the question is, is that how you seek to live now? The theological vision or part of it for the refuge church is freeing the oppressed and fighting injustice. Um, or are you an individual that maybe finds it too easy to laugh at or, or not care or be apathetic towards injustice and the oppressed? Um, joy, praise, Justice. The last thing we see in the last verses, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Home should also be a place of peace, right? No matter what turmoil and conflict that you face during the day, that you know you can come home and it's a place of peace. It's one of the things that's been so important to us as we've had, I heard Cindy sharing it with somebody yesterday, over 130 people live with us over the last 20 some years. Um, despite all those people living with us with all the things that they could be struggling with, our home had to be a home of peace. Uh, it couldn't be a place where there's constant turmoil and chaos and havoc. Why were they praying for the peace of Jerusalem? It's kind of the same way that the psalm began, the psalm ends. And the reason they were praying for the peace of Jerusalem is for the sake of the house of the Lord our God because Jerusalem's safety meant the ability to go home and be in the presence of God. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. So going home 
is looking forward to eternal peace in relationship with the Prince of Peace. Question, are you a peacemaker? Are you a peacemaker? Are you experiencing Jesus' peace? Are you now pursuing the peace that passes all understanding that comes when your heart and mind is fixed on Jesus? So coming back to the big question, why do you want to go to heaven? Or why is there a desire for you to go to heaven? Or I could ask for those of you who are here this morning and you're not interested in heaven, why should there be a longing for you to go to heaven? And the big idea then, why do you want to go to heaven? The passion to go home should be a passion to be in God's presence. Listen to these psalms. There's some great psalms that just reiterate this. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Ah, is that our desire? Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Is that our heart's desire? It's like, God, I just, man, I, I'm busy. I got, my life is full of busyness and meetings, but God, I just can't wait till I can meet with you. My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. And one more, Psalm 63. You, God, are my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And that's, I don't know about you, but that's the land that I function in during the day, um, a spiritually dry and parched land. Does that stir within us, that longing to be with God in his presence? I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, with singing lips my mouth will praise you. Isn't that incredible? Fully satisfied with God, more than, more than by flame and yawn or escargot or whatever is great for you. Um, that God is even more satisfying. So maybe you're thinking as we've gone through these and we're talking about the house of our Lord and their longing to be with God is, man, I wish I could have experienced God's presence like they did in the temple as they went to those annual festivals and that excitement and that longing, that fulfillment as they arrived in Jerusalem. Man, I wish I could have experienced that. Well, just 
there's some bad news and good news to that. The bad news is that it wasn't very long after these psalms were written and sung that these people lost that longing for God. If you look at the book of Ezekiel, God's presence departed the temple because his people departed him. They became more interested in Netflix and uh, video games and messaging and chatting. and Actually, they didn't have those things in case you weren't aware. Uh, but there were other things that became longings of their heart and they, they abandoned God. And, and so in Ezekiel, it talks about how God's presence actually departed the temple and it just became this empty building this building where they still performed their rituals, but God was no longer there. Not that those things were bad in and of themselves necessarily, but because they hindered and kept them from seeking after and longing after God, they were bad. You know, the good news though is, is that God didn't give up on his people. <laughs> Even though his people abandoned him and his presence left the temple. You know, John 3.16, what does it say? God. Say it louder. Right. Isn't that incredible news? That God loved us so much that God himself came and paid for our our sin and our rebellion and our abandoning him on the cross, he paid for it so that he purchased us, really, is what it says. He purchased our freedom and our forgiveness and our salvation so that we could be restored in our relationship with him. And there's a couple passages which talk about how incredible this is. First Corinthians is one of them. Notice it says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? You see that? God's presence left that building back in Jerusalem. But for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, we ourselves become temples of the living God who's in us, whom we've received from God. We aren't our own. We were bought at a price, the price of the blood of Jesus on the cross. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. One more in Ephesians 2. It says, consequently, we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but we're fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Look at these verses. In Jesus, the whole building, and that's not a brick and mortar building, that's people, that's us. The whole building, us as people of faith, our faith in Jesus, we're joined together and rise to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Jesus, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's us. Isn't that amazing? Meaning every day, wherever we are, whatever time it is, whatever we're doing, we have the privilege of being the dwelling place of God. 
experiencing God's presence, his joy, his praise, his justice, and his peace. Are you enjoying his presence? I mean, this incredible privilege that is ours to be the dwelling place of God, are you enjoying his presence? If not, why are you looking forward to heaven? To being in his presence forever. What are we to do? We have this incredible privilege of living daily in the presence of Jesus and yet way too often we pursue other things instead of his presence, don't we? What would Vicini and Princess Bride say? Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Right. And, and yet it is so, is it not? So just to conclude, how can we cultivate a fresh passion for his presence both now and looking forward to our eternal home? I just want to go to Revelation as we conclude, because it could be where a lot of us are at this morning, um, like the church in Ephesus that Jesus is writing to. It says, you've forsaken the love you had at first. Maybe that's where some of us are at. Or, um, you know, we read Psalm 27 and Psalm 42 and Psalm 63, and it's like it's kind of like, wow, I remember that. That's not where I'm at. Three things, just encouragements that we get here in verse 5. If that's where you're at, you're not experiencing the joy and the peace and, and the justice, the praise of being in Jesus' presence. Three things. The first thing is consider how far you've fallen. Number one, remember. All three of these are going to start with R, okay? <laughs> Number one, remember. Remember. Remember back to when you first fell in love with Jesus. You first realized he forgave me. I didn't think that was possible. What I had done, as bad as I was, he forgave me. I'm forgiven. He loves me. I'm his. I'm his child. Like it says in 1 John chapter 2, see how great a love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Can you believe it? Remember. Remember, the second thing is repent. Repent. Repent of pursuing other things instead of him, of desiring other things more than him, of longing for other things more than, uh, than him. It might go something like this, Jesus, I am so sorry for all the hours I've wasted on my computer or on my cell phone or Jesus help me to spend that time getting to know you again stirring up again that longing and that love for you that I had back at the beginning and then the third thing it says and do the things you did at first the things the way you used to. No longer, fine, I'll take out the stupid garbage. Whereas used to be, dear, I'd love to take out the garbage. Uh, meaning pursuing, doing things 
out of love for Jesus rather than maybe what's become a ritual or a religious obligation or responsibility. But doing them out of that love that you remember and that is being stirred up again and as you've repented of the things that have taken the place of Jesus. Isn't it incredible? We are individually and together the dwelling place of God. We have the opportunity anytime, anywhere, whatever we're doing, to be enjoying the presence of the God of the universe. And yet we let other things take that longing away from us. Brothers and sisters, I don't know, whoever you are this morning, if you're not a brother and sister, I just pray that you just maybe look at those psalms again and ask God, stir within me a remembrance of who you are, what you've done for me, that I might love you again as you created me to love you. Let's pray. Father, how can we say thanks for what you've done for us? You created us and we wandered away and you redeemed us. You gave your life for us to make us yours, to bring us back in relationship with you. You make yourself available to us every day for us to know you and love you. God, stir within our hearts a fresh longing to know you, to be in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.